0: Let them tell of his mighty acts and sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Well, that was just my confirmation that I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing this week, which I always appreciate. I love being together. Man, it's such a sweet time every time we get to get together. But, but also, man, the sweetest part of all of this is just being able to share with people who understand what's going on, right? I mean, to be able to s- stand up here and talk about gr- the grace of God, the goodness of God, knowing God by experience through obedience, abiding in Him, and to, to hear people t- sharing stories that are the result of us walking in that, right? And to know that, that right, like right now, as I'm saying that, heads are nodding, because we know, right? We know. It's like we have a secret. <laughs> and, and we do. We do. It's a mystery. The Bible describes it as a mystery, right? And I, I love that it, what What you don't know is how all these pieces fall together. I know I'm sitting up here, you know, watching uh, as Leah sits on the stage, hearing uh, Morgan share about, what was it, the song that we sang with the kids this morning? Yeah, Jesus is better. He uh, He wants it he's, he's for our good, Callie's little, you know. God's in Cali, a puppet. (laughs) I was like, all these things come together. It's so sweet. And then then to think, like I know Aaron probably back there thinking, man, that's my text from last Sunday on the the board. You know, because Aaron preached last Sunday from Colossians chapter 1, the exact text that you chose to put up on the board. So, yeah, we did know it. We didn't know the psalm, but we did know the text. We knew it well because our pastor preached it last week. It's just, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And it just story after story after story. Um, man, I just want to share some stories. Uh, some of the stuff that you saw on the screen, I don't have time to tell you about all of what went on. I mean, I have time, but it, it takes it would take forever. And come to the office, right? Uh, so the first thing that is so cool is we got a website, one. Uh, this is what it looks like. Thank you, Saul. Saul and I were, you know, and, and Leah and I struggled to try and get things to you guys and, you know, I constantly have people asking me for updates of what's going on with the network, you know where are we working, what's happening. Man, I wish we could hear more. You know, I can't go to everybody's church and tell stories uh you know I mean I can, but I'm not called to do that right so so this is our new website uh it's not fancy, but it it it's something that we can put stuff on so i put I can put stuff on as an old man sixty one year old uh, somewhat tech savvy but not much but I can put stuff on so if you want to know what's going on so like this is, this is from this past week I just took a picture over there's uh, Aaron's God Stories I know uh, Will mentioned that here and it's on your Facebook page so that's recent right that just happened so we're putting it up uh, so these, these uh, the front page will have brand new stories of things that are going on also there's a featured section that will have I mean you can go, go feel your way through it Go click around and see what all's there. So uh, stories, you know, we need stories. Mickey and I were talking about that this morning, just, uh, you know, how much Aaron's stories are meaning to people. Uh, the stories that some of you, very few of you have shared uh, that we've been able to record and put on, on, the, on the website, people click on those, and it means a lot for them to be able to understand the mystery that we're all walking in and experiencing and in some cases taking advantage of, Right. Uh, we need to give these stores away, give this stuff away. So this is a way for us to do it. Uh, so I just wanted to make you aware of that. It's, it's tgpnetwork.com. All right, so go take a look at it, put it in your favorites, and send it to people. Uh, and there, and just, there might be some things in there that you'll want to send around to help people to understand what's going on with the network. The other thing is that I have an office. All right, so I've got to tell you the story of the office. Uh, I think I have one picture for that one, right? Or am I out of, out of order? Uh, anyway, I have an office. It may show up. We're working on it. Yeah, that's okay. So it's, it's uh, obviously next to Hidden Grounds because that's the way we roll. Uh, and it was the only place that was available. So I got to thinking about and uh, praying about should I do an office? And I feel like the Lord really, uh, not uh, very clearly, said yes. So it was a series of events that happened at the end of last year where I was in the coffee shop trying to do what I do and was not able to do it. Having counseling appointments with people where it needed to be quieter and I didn't, they didn't need to hear what I was saying, but also I needed to be writing and I haven't been writing. And I've, I just found that I couldn't focus and stay and write. And so a number of things just happened sequentially that really brought, my, brought me to the place of asking the Lord. Should I should I get an office? The only place that was available there, which is where I felt like I needed to be, was that office on the end. It was the only space that was available. So I, I checked into it, and it was going to cost $650 a month. And I just, you know, I think about, it, for $600 a month, we, we take care of, uh, of... Dario, thank you. We take care of Dario full-time. Like, that's his full-time salary for a month, and he's, we, he's well taken care of, But I just get, I had a hard time doing that. wasn't going to do it, uh, and, and trying to think of other options. So uh, that day, I'm sitting here talking about it, thinking about it, and Hannah walks in, Hannah Versweil, and I, I thought, well, I'm going to ask her because they just rented the space next to them to put their roaster in. Uh, if, they, if maybe they'd be interested, in, it would allow for a six-month lease because we had money in the bank to do that. Uh, so, so I'm praying about that, and I asked her about it. And she said, "I don't know." She said, "But the owner just passed away, and so the place is, you know, so her, his wife is going to be taking it over." So then I had the thought, well, uh, if if that's true, maybe I could buy the whole building because I have good credit. I don't have any money, but I got good credit, and maybe then then I, the building would pay for the all the others, and then I could have the space on the end. Reasonable plan, right? Thought it was a good one. Then I get into the scripture that morning, and it was so sweet. I was in, in Genesis chapter, I don't remember what, uh, yes, I do, 28, Genesis chapter 28, and God is telling Jacob, the land where you are lying, I will give you. The land where you are lying, like where you are is what I took that as, in this space, I, I will give you. And I thought, wow, he's going to give it to me. That sounds awesome. So maybe he wants me to do this purchase thing. So I started trying to purchase the deal for a couple couple of months. And uh, finally, the the owner, it wasn't for sale, by the way, but the owner uh, finally let me off the hook and said, no, I think I'm going to hold on to it. It's kind of nostalgic for me. That was a Wednesday. Thursday, I go to a friend of mine who's helping me to take care of our nonprofit, which I still was having problems with. So I go to meet with this business broker, what he does for a living, And I go to his office, and he's helping me, good Christian man, understands us, by the way. He abides in Christ. He walks with the Lord the way we do. I walk into his office, his new office, because his old office, he outgrew his old office. And I thought, man, this is a great office. I said, I just lost a space yesterday that I thought I was going to be able to have. And I told him my plan, my business plan, which he appreciated. And then we talked about the nonprofit stuff. And that was it. On the way out, though, he said, hey, listen, when you come back next week, because I had more business to take care of, he said, I want you to tell me what all you got going on right now because I want to help support what y'all are doing. And so the first thing I thought was the way he can support is buy the building. You know, maybe he could make a better offer because I definitely came in lowballing it, right? You can't buy that whole building complex for $150, I found out. <laughs> no, I came, I came in lowballing it. And so, so the next week I go back and I say that to him. He said, well, you know, I thought they weren't selling. I said, "Well, maybe, maybe if you made a better offer, they they would buy it." I said, "This is what you do for a living." And he said, "Well, he said, let me tell you, let me do this. How about, how about I just we we just uh, rent the space, lease the space? I'll give you a thousand dollars a month, and that'll take care of the the lease and also the expenses for your electricity and your cable and whatever else." Okay, I can live with that. <laughs> so the place where I'm lying has been given to me. I've been in it since whenever that was, March, I guess, February, and God gave us an office. So um, you can't argue with free, right? You can't argue with spending the money the way God told me to spend it, as much as I'd like to be spending that money on something else. God wanted me to have an office, and so I'm using the office. I I use it every day. I have my space, but I don't know if y'all saw my little couch and chair and my dear head and me and Jesus spend more time in there than anything else. That's the first hours of my day right there in my space. And then I can come out and, and meet and have meetings and we had our curriculum uh, group meet in the, in the conference room. We can use that for other things that we got coming up. So this is the other thing that happened. We're, we're um, this is in our space. But y'all know we've been talking about for years about writing curriculum. We are, this is the slowest process ever but it's, it's going to happen. It, it may be uh, the way Morgan's was, right? It may take ten years. I heard a lot of I heard a lot of waiting stories today, which is awesome It's awesome because uh, I'm learning too that waiting on God has so much value. Uh, Soul has been sharing story after story at our church about and others have been sharing stories of their waiting, 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 waiting. Michelle shared her story of waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, if God sees in your heart a person who can glorify Him, through through whom He can reveal His glory, Christ in you is the hope of glory. If He can reveal His glory through your life, then there is preparation for that. We are way too into ourselves. We are way, look, this has been a ripping out year for me. It just seems like it would all be gone, and I just grieve at times. But then rejoice, right? <laughs> because God's ripping more of me out so that he can put more of him in. It's Christ in us is the hope. It's not us. We're not the hope of glory. And so God wants to reveal himself through us. And so we're waiting on this process and project. But please be praying for that. We have a great beginning team that's working on this to try and get a format and some, you know, a way for us to do that. And we just want the Lord to be the guide of that. We want it to happen in his time. There may be things we need to learn that will, that will adjust to what we do in, in the curriculum uh, writing process. But I appreciate all of you who have had a part in helping to do that and get us to the place where we are right now. I'd be praying for our, our Lafayette crew and Lana Carver is overseeing this right now. Uh, so pray for her as she tries to filter through what all God wants her to do in this, right? Uh, so let me share some stories about uh, ACF. Another child foundation. Uh, we, are, we are continuing to have a relationship with them. We have a stronger connection now than we did. Uh, so they, we are partners with them. We are doing ministry together with them. Uh, we are doing the spiritual formation side. And they are doing the, the uh, educational side. All right, And the at-risk in the humanitarian aid side. That's what they do. And God's really strengthened our partnership in a lot of ways. So this year we went to Honduras two times. I took John and Tim, the, the CEO, or the two founders of Another Child Foundation to Honduras in February. And we looked at the place. They got to see some of the villages. They got to see the, the Child Development Center in its present form. And, uh, and we got to look at everything and make a plan to go back uh, in, in this, this summer for the first mission trip. And then this summer, we took a mission team uh, for the first mission trip to Honduras. So uh, that was a, a sweet experience. And, and through that, John and Tim, the two founders of another child foundation, have come to understand grace, abiding in Christ, and the this, and this significance of small group communities, of small communities. Uh, this is a small community, but we have smaller communities within our community, right? Because smaller is better. Bigger is not better. Smaller is better. Like Alex's guitar. It's obviously better. I told you, if you don't clean out your, your pants before she washes clothes, bro. Smaller is better. We believe that. We teach that. It's something we focus on. Our life groups are significant to us. They're they vital to the life of our churches, right? So we teach that. Uh, and, and, that's, and they are beginning to understand those truths. I mean, that it's, it's been life-changing for them. And so we really are partners now in ministry. Like I've been trying to bring them along to the spiritual side. I'm already for them on the educational side and humanitarian aid side. I've been trying to give that away to somebody who loves that and is good at that and does that and mission trips who does that. And God gave us the, that, that organization, but now we're partners. We're partners because they understand who we are and they want to be who we are and they're, they're a part of, of who we are. And I'll share another story at the end about uh, some other things that have happened with that. But we went to, another cha- we went to uh, Honduras this summer. I went with them on this trip because God told me to. I was very reluctant to go. I didn't want to go. All the way up to the end, I didn't want to go. But when I was in Honduras um, in February, they wanted to uh, consider naming the, uh, well, we, we felt like I had a word, initially that I gave to another child foundation about naming the Child Development Center after my parents. This is how that came about. When I came home from Honduras and we were talking about, uh, I, we're, I was thinking about raising funds to support the Child Development Center. I thought about my family. I thought about my own siblings. And I, I had been trying to and praying about it, uh, you know, getting them involved in something with me in, our, in the Gathering Place Network. And so I have three uh, Two sisters and one brother, and I wanted to ask them to to do something with me, and I thought, this is it, this is it At the same time, it was around my, my father 's uh, death date a few years ago a couple of years ago, and all of these pictures started showing up on Facebook, and God put the two together. My mom and dad were both educators and both missionaries. they both served as, as uh, in small mission churches ever since my dad uh, Uh, left uh, the high school as the principal he started doing mission work and mom and dad did mission work in all over south louisiana and up in nashville and, and uh and and served with us in different places and so it just hit me they're both educators and they're also both missionaries my mom had a preschool before the public schools had a preschool kindergarten she had the little red schoolhouse and uh, she had it in our backyard. I didn't get to go because I was—I just—I was six years old. My my sisters the only one that got to go to the Little Red Schoolhouse. But mom did that. She did what they're doing in Honduras. And so this this place in Honduras had been shut down for, I think six or seven years. Had been completely closed down because of lack of funding. So my family just—I uh, called my siblings and they agreed that we would do this and that we would do it in, in the name of mom and dad. And when I got to Honduras, I didn't want to say anything about it because I. I just felt weird. You know, it felt weird to name this, to put our family name on, a, on that center. And so I wasn't going to do anything with it. Uh, I wasn't going to allow them to put the name on. And, and in, uh, I was reading in, in uh, Genesis the story of Joseph. Joseph, the Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph. And what happened whenever his father died. You know, he brings Jacob and all the brothers come to Egypt. And his father dies. And that's where I was the morning, as I'm thinking about this and thinking, feeling weird about it. And there's this huge procession to take Jacob's body back to uh, to uh, the homeland, right to Jerusalem, to go and bury his father among his people. And not only were there were there uh, all of the Israelite people in the caravan, but also the Egyptians sent a huge caravan of, of noblemen to go and lead this procession in honor of the death of Jacob. And I thought, okay, God. It's not about, it's not about us. It's not about the Watley family. It's about honoring my dad and my mom for this. And so we did that. We got to do that. And that's, this is what it's called. ACF's called it uh, Watley Point of Hope, by the way. I think that actually says Point of Faith, but it's supposed to be Point of Hope. They didn't have a word for it. Uh, so it's Watley Point of Faith, and this is the Child Development Center. So we, we got to go there this summer. I got to see the whole thing. There's so many stories that I can't tell, so many stories that God just showed us. I'll share just one quick one, and that is that the the girl that's, that's leading, that's over the Child Development Center, uh, I, I didn't meet her until uh, maybe a few years ago Some of the other girls that are involved there, I've known since we started going there. But her name is Mary Padilla, and she shared her testimony while I was there. And she was a young child who who came to Christ when a team went up into a mountain village. And she walked two hours, she received Christ, and she walked two hours every Sunday to go to Dario's church. Two hours out of the mountains to go to church every week. And uh, and she grew up in so grew up doing that, and she uh, finished a degree in psychology a few years ago, and was determined that she was going to volunteer to work in this child development center, and has been before we hired them or, or were able to find to gain funding to take care of her. So she's there. Also, their twin girls, Yolina and Janina, who are both just finished their degrees in education. They grew up in the child development center. And, and wanting to teach there. And so they, they're getting to have their dreams. So the video or the slides that you saw of the girls standing teaching. That was one of the twins. So just a great, great whole story. And those girls have been coming to the pastors' conferences since I started going. Since, you know, since Aaron took me for the first time to Honduras. Those little girls have come and sit in the pastors' conference and listen and listen. And they understand all of our distinctives and are promoting those. So what a beautiful Man, it's just a great work there that you guys are supporting through the gifts that we give, right? The money that we give goes to them every third month. We, well, that, those, that money is supported by our family and also uh, by our churches. So that's supporting that. That's a, that was a beautiful thing to see. And then also they, the pastors, we have 13 pastors. One of our church, churches was destroyed by one of the hurricanes uh, and and. Uh, but, and so they they decided the people have moved out of that village into another village, so there's not going to be another church there. There are no people there. But while I was there, there was a man who uh, Dario had gone to this village and prayed for, and uh, we went to work with the children in the school there, and that man had a, a sickness and was dying, and Dario prayed for him, and he lived, and he donated some property to put a church on in that community and there's no church there so there's 14 that's coming back there That's going to be a new church there and all of the churches now have taken on the gathering place name uh, because they want to there was no pressure from us but we get there and Dario wants all all of a sudden God spoke to Dario and he wants to have the gathering place on every one of the the churches and so it's going to be we we paid to have signs like this made for Dario to be able to put it, it, won't be it won't have ACF on it. It'll have our symbol uh, where the ACF is. But all of our the gathering place all in all these little villages, are now in Honduras. So God's doing a great work there. Pray for Dario. He's about to be 80 years old, and his he's had COVID twice, and he's had four shots, and he's his memory is starting to, to to go. And so we need uh, we we have leadership coming up behind him. But just pray for him that he'll be able to do what he needs to do to to be able to transfer that ministry uh, to Leo and the others. Great strong ministry in Honduras. All right? Also, uh, there's our Child Development Center. There's our kids eating. So they get two meals a day and teachers and recreation and music and they have a quiet time where they all sit in a corner and they pray and they sing songs to Jesus. It's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. All right. Romania. There's there's Elian. Uh, some of you have heard him share his testimony, but Elian is growing tremendously. Like he, so this this year I went back to teach biblical small groups and the Bless Acrostic uh, lifestyle evangelism. So that's what I did. I was there ten days. I had ten meetings. It was very very busy, very full. Uh, but Elian has. I found out while I was there that Elian was frustrated about some things. And uh, because he wants to move the church in this direction, but because it 's an existing church with existing practices it 's been hard. People have been slow to follow and he has some leadership that he had a leadership structural leadership issue uh, i didn 't know this, but in Romania, the government uh, was given some uh, some regulations that churches in the Baptist Union would operate by whenever communism fell and so the Baptist Union has these. These policies and one of the policies is that the pastor preaches and he has a board of people in the church that give direction to anything else that goes on in the church so there have been members on the board that have not been on board with what the spiritual leadership, the direction of the spiritual leadership and so uh, I asked our elders when I got or the board our board when I got back to pray for that and I want to give a report from this week and this is sweet Another just God story. Elian reluctantly went on vacation because his wife made him, to be truthful. He just works, 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 works too hard. Really, he does. He works too hard. And you can do that, right? He's not trusting the Lord in some of these things. He's working too hard. So he goes on vacation. And while he's at the Black Sea, God cleans some things up in the church. Uh, he gets a call from one of the guys that that's, uh, he's really struggled with. And through some circumstances that are going on in the church, that guy resigns. And then his, he has family members that are also uh, have problems with his leadership, who are also resigning posts of leadership. And so God, he was so excited that God had done this while he was gone. And God took things and began to rearrange it to, to get them ready to be able to focus on uh, these distinctives that he knows are from God and biblical and, and things that he wants for his church. So Pray for him. He has a long road uh, there. Our little churches in Romania are doing well. And uh, be praying for those. We have uh, our first house church that came out of the Roma village. So we've been training pastors and it's been very, very slow again, waiting on the Lord. But we have our first house church that came out of that village. Actually, they were, they were encouraged by a, a guy from the United States who's, who is right here to, to finally do what, you know, when I was talking about biblical uh, small groups and house churches, when I spoke at their church, when I came home two weeks later, I found out that 20 people left that location to go start another one. So, uh, man, praise God. Yeah, that that's beginning. So it's going to be slow, but be praying for that. We need more churches in that village in Ternavany. All right, here I am preaching at that little house church, and it was the this was the first one, right? And that's the pastor there, uh, by me. I'm not going to do the missionary thing. All right, let's go to the next one. All right, we got some new connections. I'm excited to tell you guys about. I I don't know that I probably should have put all these up here, but let me you guys. I think most of you know about. Uh, First Baptist Church in Crowley, who is connected with us, who has asked for, uh, I went to speak there on a Sunday morning. The pastor was out teaching uh, in Texas, and he watched the Facebook live, and God grabbed him. I I did an overview of abiding. God grabbed his heart. When he came back, uh, he asked me to come and said, man, what do I need to do to get this in the lives of our people? So pray for First Baptist Crowley, because he wants this in the life of their church. But again, it's a well-established old church, been there forever. I grew up eight miles down the road. I know how difficult it is, but he wants this in his church. So pray for First Baptist Crowley. But they are, are, they are also considering teaming up with us uh, to support the ministry in, uh, in Iceland. Thank you. I'm pointing at you, because that's, that's your deal. Uh, in Iceland, it's interesting. He did his PhD work in Ireland, and so he was. He found a connection. You know, he want, he loved that area and always wanted to go to Iceland, and mentioned that. and And God has opened doors that way for us. Uh, so so Crowley is be praying for them. They are trying to make some changes in their structure to bring TGP distinctives into their life or biblical distinctives. Let me say it that way, right? Because they're not ours. We just have adopted them from the Bible. But these great biblical distinctives. Um, also, y'all know about uh, our Lafayette Church. They are actually a gathering place church. The gathering place Lafayette is official. They, uh, they are legal now. They have their own uh, connection with the Secretary of State's office. And, uh, and they are supporting our work in Romania. They have committed to support the work in Romania. So they are financially supporting and also going to be making trips to Romania And we're going to be talking more about how, what that connection means. And then we had a connection with a church, Cornerstone Church in, uh, Cornerstone Community Church in Lake Charles, uh, which that connection was sweet the way that happened. God put that together through some of our worship folks who went down there to lead worship for friends of theirs. And the guys, they just started their church during covid they actually started online and they said it was the best church they ever had. They decided to leave their, church, their churches and, and come together in a building. And so now they have a, a strong little congregation there. They meet in a school. But the pastor said, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and the, the people from, from Colleen said, well, our pastor does. He trains pastors for a living. He plants church for a living. He's, and so we connected and God was all over that. So this young man has, been, has already taught the abiding cycle to his church uh, to that church, the Cornerstone. And then over a over the period of process, they heard about our Alaska group, and they were like, oh, man, we love Alaska. And it just, could, uh, that, I told them about everything, but they lit up with regard to Alaska. It was God. It was God. And as of uh, last, month before last, they are supporting our missionaries in Alaska full time. So that money's coming in. Are actually, going directly to Chris Kopp and his family, uh, plus some. So they even got a raise uh, in Alaska. And Chris is very happy about that, obviously. Uh, so God's using that church to support that ministry. Well, the past, one of the pastors there, there was a group of four men uh, who were rotating, preaching there. One of those men was called to go back to his home church, which is Lizzie's home church, Sales Street Baptist in Lake Charles. And he just started there about a month ago. Uh, they called him to be their pastor. And so uh, Drew Mills is now the pastor at Sale Street. And, of course, he wants to bring these distinctives into Sale Street, which I'm sure would be wonderful, right, Lizzie? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it fits pretty good in a person that comes from Sale Street. So we know that. Uh, so we're praying about what that connection is going to look like. Uh, be praying about for Sale Street. These are new connections. Also, New Life Church is a church. Uh, we had a guy who was a professor at uh, the Casky School when, when it was at Louisiana College, was training pastors. His name's Colin Wimberly. I don't know if any of you guys remember him. He wasn't in our church much, but his family came when we were together in, uh, at Lee Heights. Uh, he had 10 kids, and all the family would come on Sunday mornings and, and worship with us, and they lived in a big house by the bridge there, the railroad tracks, in our community there. And they, he knew that we were planting churches. Well, a couple of years ago, he asked me, uh, he told me, he said, man, I'm, I'm getting you to do what I've always dreamed to do at the end of my career, and that's plant a church in my hometown. And so he said, would you, would you be willing to help me? And so I went and met with him, and I walked him through. Uh, you know, I spent a day with him, walking him through uh, what God has given us as, as, as foundational virtues and uh, values for this church, our distinctives. And he was... Uh, excited about those. He got a job teaching uh, there in the little community. It's up near, I can't even remember the name of the community, but it's up near uh, Cushada. I mean, it's in, there's nothing there. It is just a country town. Uh, there are a few buildings and nothing in the buildings. And so they started meeting and God started blessing and they've been baptizing people and they got a tent and they're meeting inside this tent and they're praying about what to do next and he quit teaching uh, this year to be able to focus full time on doing this ministry, and so pray for them. That's New Life Church, and they are uh, one of us. I'm meeting with him next Tuesday to talk through some details of of how they can be a part and connected with us. And then the most recent development has been uh, Cumberland Fellowship. It's a large church. Uh, they had 1,950 people in worship the Sunday before, or that were on the campus uh, the Sunday before I, I met with them. And this is where it comes back to Tim Olofsson. So Tim Olafson moved. Listen to this story. Listen to the God exclusive activity. Okay, Tim Olafson lived in Chicago, Illinois. And he moved to, tech, moved to Tennessee. Uh, always wanted to live there to close out and, uh, his ministry and to start some new, a new area, start connections in a new area for another child foundation. And so he moves to Tennessee less than a year ago. And uh, while we're in Honduras, his son is calling churches in uh, in that area and asking them if Tim can come and speak to them about another child. So Tim goes to, sp- so this is one of the churches. Tim goes to speak, to t- goes to this church uh, to tell them about another child foundation. And uh, he mentions Romania. And they l- lit up about Romania. The pastor, missions pastor... Had Romania on their hearts; they felt like God had given them that, and uh, and so they were excited about joining Tim to go work with the, with the uh, Point of Hope in Romania. And so, uh, I get there, oh, so so Tim starts telling them about. Also, we're planting churches, and that's another something that they wanted to do, but they didn't want to do it on their own. They wanted to go through an organization. So I met with them for about an hour before I left for Romania. And. Uh, and I was actually going to Romania, and so we met for an hour, and it was crazy. Even though he's a huge church, he said, man, I just feel like God's been telling us to shrink this thing down. And he said, not necessarily in numbers. He said, but no, you know, we're all about programs. We're all about workspace based stuff. He was preaching a series called "Breaking Fake," which basically was releasing religion to embrace God. It was out of the Book of Romans. It was crazy. Uh, the, all the things that he, he said, all the triggers in that one hour conversation that made me know I needed to meet with him. And so I go up and meet with their missions pastor. This was just two weeks ago. I go to meet with their missions pastor. And, uh, and then that ends up, I go at nine o'clock thinking I'm going to spend a couple of hours that morning and almost five o'clock in the evening is when I ended up leaving. And I met with the, the, the new small group pastor. I put a copy of my book on his desk and he said, I got that book. I said, no, you don't have this book. He said, yeah, I already have that. I said, did you buy it on online? He said, no, uh, Tim Olofsson gave me a copy of that book when I was in Chicago. So they were friends in Chicago. He moved down to this church, and we start talking. I start meeting with this mission pastor, talking to the mission pastor. Not only did he, did, did they, uh, his wife's life was transformed by experiencing God. Like his whole ministry is defined by hearing God and doing what he says. He's trying to be that influence in, the, in this church. And then also, the, the missions pastor, I'm, I'm telling him, he asked me, where are we working? I tell him, and three of the places where we're working are places that God already put on their hearts. It was Romania, um, uh, Africa, which, by the way, I guess you all know, maybe I hadn't told you, but the, the, the um, Williamses are going back to Liberia and are going to do ministry there. Uh, so that's happening next year, and they, they're raising support. And then uh, Alaska, All right, I mean, it's God's stories. So we start talking about Alaska, and he says, yeah, uh, we had a couple in our church that were here for three years or so, and then they just moved back to Alaska. They're a part of Arctic Barnabas. Well, I don't know how many of you have been connected with the cops for any season of time, but they go to Arctic Barnabas. They're a part of this organization, right? They participate in it. They go on retreats and bring, you know, they, they minister to ministers. I said, You kidding me? I said, I know that our guy knows him. He said, No way. I, I, and so I texted Chris. Chris sends me a picture. Yeah, I helped him kill his first moose. There's a picture of him <laughs> killing his first moose. He said, Man, they're great people. And, and on top of that, this is crazy. I'm telling you guys. On top of that, Wednesday of this week, they left to go to Alaska to Arctic Barnabas. And Chris is going to be there on Saturday. He was there yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And they're going to meet. Now, How do you, how, how do you get a guy from the largest geographical state in the Union in the same church as a guy that they're fixing to support missions. I didn't have to do any convincing, right? I know that's a done deal. That's happening. I don't know when or how. I can't tell you because they said it. I just know, right? That's the way God works. So God's opening these doors with other churches that are connecting with us and supporting the work. And then uh, also our, our church in Denver Springs is official now. They call it Mustard Seed Church is the name of them. Uh, you saw the picture of them up there, and they're doing well. Uh, baptized a number of youth here recently. Uh, Tim was a youth minister for years. And so they started connecting with youth, and that's giving them adults. And God's, there's lots of God stories coming out of there and out of Lafayette. So some great opportunities, all right? Story after story. I mean, I've got so many things that the Lord has given me uh, to share. Two more things I want to share before we go. Uh, most recent, as far as ministry direction, is concerned back a year and a half ago i went to to do a collegiate um our bcm leadership uh, event retreat for the new orleans metro baptist collegiate Ministries uh, centers and all the leadership came together we did a retreat and it was so good because they're college students and they don't you don't have to tell them you know detox from all of your old stuff they're all like, man, everything you're saying is what we want right and God's been showing me he showed me then and he's been showing me more in the last two months that college students are where we need to be focusing because they can take they're going they're gonna immediately receive this stuff while they're at a place of detoxing from their parents' religion or they never did really accept it you know percentage wise eighty percent of students are 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 going to be disconnected that grew up in the church are going to be disconnected from the church completely by age 26. That's a real statistic. That's George Barner real. And, and so I, I, it just never dawned on me, but God has used circumstances to lead us to this. But I felt in that event, well, the day after the Lord spoke that he wanted that this was going to be something that we did, was we were, I was going to be ministering to college students through the network. And I didn't know when. It's been on the back burner. But, you know, back in November of last year, God said he was going to send me people and resources. And he was going to go out the ministry. And I had 14 categories of things that God had spoken. And this was one of them. So it's been on the back burner. Well, last year, at this time, my birthday week, I had a, I had a text message from a friend of mine. Or just, no, just a, a Facebook, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I try to put like on all those, you know. But I don't usually go do, that's as far as I go. But this guy, I thought, you know, God drew my, the Spirit drew me to check on him. I thought, I wonder what he, if he's still working for, for the uh, Southern Baptist Convention because we work together. And uh, so I looked him up on Facebook and he, he wasn't. He was working for an organization called WindShape, And I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up. And what he was doing is he is the... Um, Co-director of this WindShape Collegiate Ministry. Uh, you can pull that next slide up. So, this is if you want to go check it out. WindShape is huge. Like they do all kinds of things. They do youth camps. Uh, they did four or five of them in Louisiana this year, one in Lake Charles. Um, but they they do youth camps all over the place. They do pre- marriage counseling, premarital counseling, pastor retreats. Um, they have orphanages and group homes, all kinds of stuff, and it was funded by the Truett Cathy organization, the Chick-fil-A guys. And so he, what he does is he does one thing. He is over discipleship intensives for college students. It's these three- and five-day events that they do in, right now in four different locations. Well, I think they just opened a fifth. Five different colleges. And when, he, when we connected, we talked about what we're doing and, we were, and he was like-minded. God led him in the same direction of grace and abiding, and he never let go of experiencing God. Was, I mean, it was amazing. And he said, yeah, man. He said, I told him about the book, Abiding cycle. He said, send me the book. I did. He, he contacts me again. He said, man, I want you to come and take, lead my team through your book. He said, I think we need to do this as one, of our, in, as one of the major focuses of our discipleship intensives. So I hadn't done anything with it since then. That was a year ago. I mean, up to a, the story I'm about to tell you. So we're going through, Talitha and I were on our vacation with the, with the big drapes. We're on vacation. We're going through, uh, just randomly passed through this town called Rome, Georgia. It's just a town north of Atlanta. We go through Rome, Georgia, and I thought I told life, I know somebody here. I don't know who it is. Well, that morning, God had spoken to me about focusing on writing, and I've been reluctant to do it because I don't like it. And so so I'm thinking about that as we're driving through, you know, as we're driving that day and I'm I'm talking to the Lord about it and I, I just said, God, give me the motivation that I need to to want to write. And so we go through Rome, Georgia. I don't know who that is. We end up in Gatlinburg. We spend the night. Next morning, God brings Paul to mind because I thought he lived in North Carolina. And I thought, man, while we're over here in the in the Smoky Mountains, we should go and see Paul. That would motivate me. If Paul wanted me to go ahead and write for his organization, that would give me some motivation. And so, anyway, I look him up to see where he lives. Guess where? Rome, Georgia. (laughs) He lives in Rome, Georgia. I thought he lived in North Carolina. No, he's in Rome, Georgia, the town we just went through, like the day before. I said, "All right, Lord, I know you're calling us to do this. Then I get in my journal. Uh, This is crazy. So I'm, I'm I get in my, I'm in my quiet time whenever I do this, whenever I read this, all right. whenever I look him up on Facebook because I'm talking to the Lord about it. And this is what, what I read. This was a Spurgeon devotion morning and evening on that day. It says, Paul, oh, by the way, my friend's name is Paul. He's old like me, all right? It says, Paul, when grown old, sitting gray-haired, in Rome, could say, <laughs> could say with greater emphasis than we can, I know whom I have believed. I'm just like, in no way you just told me Paul, old Paul sitting in Rome on the day, on the morning that we just were talking about him. Okay. I mean, I can say that to a lot of people. They don't get it. Well, you guys get it. It's like, it's crazy. So I texted Paul and on the way back uh on our trip i said hey man you're gonna be around next next week i said we're gonna be driving back through i'd love to meet with you and god just opened the floodgates it's crazy it's crazy so i don't know what our connection is going to be because uh so anyway we talked he talked for about three hours and showed me this this incredible place that wind shape has and i said listen uh, and he said man he said what are you what are you thinking I said, "Well, I got to tell you what God's called me to do, and if it fits, you know, then it's okay. But I'm not, you know, I, I can't do anything else than what God's told me to do." And so I described what God's called me to do, and he said, "Man, what do we need to do next?" I said, "Well, I need to know what you're doing, you know, if I'm going to be able to do this." I said, uh, "You know, I, I was thinking i will come and sit in your office and let you watch you guys work or do whatever." But he said, "Well, we got this intensive, and it was the weekend after I got back from Romania." It's in Orlando, and he said, I'll fly you up there and take care of your expenses and let you see what we do. And, you know, God was all over it. It's just incredible. So that's the that's huge change in focus for me right now. I'm not not helping churches, but God has also transitioned me in a lot of ways. Here's what he's speaking regularly to me, is that God didn't call me to wear Jesus' sandals. This was this week. I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals or untie his sandals, right? He didn't call me to wear Jesus' sandals. I can't be for other people what Christ needs to be for them. We can't make people abide in Christ. We can't make them accept that and receive that and walk in it. It's going to be Jesus or it's not going to be real, right? If they're doing it because we motivate them or persuade them or whatever, and I've been spending too much time trying to keep people in a place of abiding in Christ. To, to to talk people into something they don't want. They, the spiritual side of them wants it, but they don't. It's got to be Jesus that gets in there and takes their hearts and makes it where they're going to do it, where they're going to actually devote themselves, right, to pursue His will, to walk in what He says, to use the faith that they have and let their faith grow, and walk in that. And so, uh, man, I'm just you just pray for me. I I, I want to be very slow about this. I, I did a incognito almost invitation to freshman students at LC to come sit with me and find out about a possibility and right now we have three who are interested I don't think it's going to start until next next until January what we do here Uh, Paul after that event went to New Zealand he just got back you know last week he's you know working his work right now and I told him look when you get your feet on the ground then we'll talk about next year so I don't know what that's going to look like. But here's what I, here's what I genuinely want. I genuinely want God to have his way. I, you know, I know this was sweet today. It's so sweet to be able to worship with you guys and for us to be able to have this common ground and be able to talk about Jesus and talk about Christianity, talk about church, and all understand what we're talking about. But wouldn't it be sweet if, if the rest of the world get, got to do this? I mean, there are lots of leaders who want this in their churches, but they, you know, are they going to be? Are they going to, you know, are they going to be willing to, to pay the price, to take the time to to spend years and years and years, and have a handful of people who are in love with Jesus, and and we know it's right. You know, it seems weird to people; they don't understand us, but we know it's right because we're not. You know, I sat, I sat in that church, in that huge church. And I spoke with staff all day long, and the pastor was the last one I got to sh- got to talk to. And I said, "Man, you, there's a lot going on here, and it's growing like they added 700 since COVID started." I said, um, "I said it's really," I said, "You got you know what you're doing is good." I said, "But all day long, I've been with your people. It's almost five o'clock, and I haven't heard anybody talking about Jesus." And I think about us. You know, I, I know that we know he's worth talking about, right? That when he's the one that's working through us and in us, it, it it moves our hearts to move our mouths to talk about about him. Like he's what we're about. It's not about this little building we got or our little buildings that we have. It's not about how many people we have in the doors. Right? So, man, we need to be talking about Jesus. He's what the world needs. It's not, they don't need another church. They don't need another program. They don't need another anything. They need Him. He's the answer. And, they, and just having a taste of Him is not enough. If they don't get to have Christ the way we have Him, then they're never going to be satisfied. That's not going to fill the void in their life. It's not going to be strong enough to keep them from walking away into something else. It's Jesus. He's what we're about. Right? So let's walk with it. My personal growth this year, God told me this was going to be the theme of the year for me in December was it's Mueller time. <laughs> it was George Mueller. And it has been that. And, and we've been on a journey that really only the board and, and Leah know about. We have been on a journey where two, two different times that our, our accounts have gotten down to less than $100, I think. I know one time. <laughs> And and then the next day it just blows up with enough money to do all that God's called us to do. Uh, he is so faithful. Like I have asked no one for money, no one. And and God's taking care of everything. He's and He keeps on taking care of everything. Like I knew that for my own life, but I didn't know He would do it in this ministry. And He is. Like I'm I'm just I'm gonna say I'm convinced I'm not. I still have doubts. I still have fears. But God is, God is growing me in that way, and it's taking time. And I really believe that there's a ministry that's still ahead. I ain't got a lot of years left. I'm 61, and I haven't got a lot of years left. And I'm just telling God, I, you know, as, as painful as I know this might be, I, let's, let's get me done. Let's get me do, as done as I need to be so we can do what, you, what you, I need to do. So I can be accurate in the things that I'm saying about you and about life. So I hope this encourages you guys. It, it's, uh, there's so much more that's going on, so much more. So many great little stories within the stories. Um, it, you know, you, your help is, is to continue to pray for us, of course, continue to financially support the network. Um, all of that is, I mean, we've got more things that are coming on the horizon, things like the, the Williams just has gone to Nigeria and needing full-time support. Um, we really may, have to, may need to get uh, Elion out of the Baptist Union in order for him to do what God's called him to do. We're praying about that right now. So it's just things that God brings up, and he will continue to bring things up. And I know that you do without so that these people can have what they need, and, and God's going to honor that in your life. He's going to honor that. Uh, so thank you for that. Also, please consider turning your phone on and telling a story. Turn, turn your phone on and just tell the story. It doesn't have to look good. It doesn't have to sound great. Whatever you got to do to get some stories, we need stories on the Gathering Place Network website. That's what resonates with people. Thank you, Aaron, for 365 soon-to-be stories <laughs> on his podcast. That's changing lives. When people get to hear a real-life story, we need to hear your stories, right? They need to know it's not just Aaron. You know, it's not just Glenn. Everybody's has their stories. Tell them. Tell tell the little stories. Tell the big stories. You record yourself or write it down, and we'll we'll print it. We'll put it out there. Uh, but stories are what people need. Just like these stories, I'm sure have encouraged you today. What God's doing through this ministry, uh, through your ministry. Uh, these stories are going to make going to help people make sense of what God's calling us to be and to do. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, just for the time to be able to open up some of these stories and share, God, what you're doing. We are so excited to be able to have God-exclusive activity happening in our lives our week in and week out. I pray that you will encourage uh, each person here to, to trust you, to walk in obedience, and to see what you, are, what you can and will do in their lives. Father, that we will devote ourselves in the, the easy times and the hard times, that we will test, allow you to test our faith and we'll walk in obedience, whether it makes sense or not, so that you can show yourself to us and to the people around us. Because, God, we know that you in us is the hope of glory. You living your life through us is the hope that the world will see your glory. And so, Father, you have a faithful few here. In these churches and other churches around the world who are devoted to that. And I pray that you will, you will check us today. And Father, that you will find us desiring a deeper walk with you to show your glory in Jesus' name.